Good morning and welcome to our live broadcast at First Presbyterian Church. It is a joy to come into your home today with good news about God who loves you. We are located in beautiful Uptown Columbus on the corner of 11th and 1st. We would love for you to join us for worship or just stop by and say hello. At First Presbyterian Church, we welcome you with grace and gratitude for God's love. Our first lesson today comes from Deuteronomy in chapter 26, beginning with the first verse. Listen now to the Word of God. When you have come into the land that the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance to possess, and you possess it and settle in it, you shall take some of the first of all the fruit of the ground which you harvest from the land that the Lord your God is giving you, and you shall put it in a basket and go to the place that the Lord your God will choose as a dwelling for His name. You shall go to the priest who is in office at that time and say to him, Today I declare to the Lord your God that I have come into the land that the Lord swore to our ancestors to give us. And when the priest takes the basket from your hand and sets it down before the altar of the Lord your God, you shall make this response before the Lord your God. A wandering Aramean was my ancestor. He went down into Egypt and lived there as an alien, few in number, and there he became a great nation, mighty and populous. When the Egyptians treated us harshly and afflicted us by imposing harsh labor on us, we cried to the Lord, the God of our ancestors, and the Lord heard our voice and saw our affliction our toil and our oppression. The Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm and a terrifying display of power with signs and wonders. And He brought us into this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And so now I bring the first of the fruit of the ground that you, O Lord, have given me. And you shall set it down before the Lord your God and bow down before the Lord your God. And then you, together with the Levites and the aliens who reside among you, shall celebrate with all, with all the bounty that the Lord your God has given to you and to your house. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. I invite you to rise as you are able, in body or in spirit, that we may hear the word of the Scripture. After Jesus was baptized, he went into the wilderness, and today is the reading of the temptation of Jesus as the Gospel Luke shares it with us. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing at all during those days, and when they were over, he was famished. The devil said to him, if you are the Son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. And Jesus answered him, It is written, One does not live by bread alone. Then the devil led him up and showed him in an instant all of the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to him, To you I will give glory and all authority, for it has been given over to me, 
and I give it to anyone I choose. If you then will worship me, it is all yours. Jesus answered, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple. And he said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to protect you, and on their hands they will bear you up so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus answered, it is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished every test, he departed from Jesus until an opportune time. The word of the Lord. Please be seated. We're beginning the journey to Lent. Just a few weeks ago, it seems, we were singing carols and decorating our homes in the church. This space was, had all sorts of wonderful, festive, seasonal uh, decorations here. We had trees in our houses. We had presents under those trees. We had ribbons and songs and music, all sorts of wonder thing, wonderful things that were happening. We prepared to join the angels as they sang to the shepherds, joy to the world, the Lord has come. And then the wise men went to Bethlehem and they learned that they needed to travel a different road because Jesus because Herod did not want another king in his kingdom, so they left. So for the past month or so, we have been singing praises and preparing for what was next. And what was next was spring. After, after winter, there comes the season of spring. So the cycles of the moon are passing. And the first Sunday after uh, the first full moon after the spring equinox, you know that formula? That's when Easter is. It's the first Sunday after the first full moon after the spring equinox. It is coming soon, and this year it will be March 27th. And we are preparing for that celebration. We are getting ready to anticipate the life and the ministry, the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is time to lift up that power and to find ways of hope in the midst of the world that we live in. Now, the four Gospels all share their different variations on the stories of Jesus' life and ministry. In John, for example, the Gospel of John, the temptations of Jesus are not mentioned. They're not there at all. In the Gospel of Mark, they're discussed in two sentences. At once the Spirit sent Jesus out into the wilderness after his baptism, and he was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals and angels attended to him. Boom, on to the next thing. It is in Luke and Matthew that we have the fuller story, the one that I, one that I just read, the story of the three temptations, the story of being able to respond to physical needs and to glory and to power, those temptations that came to Jesus. It was a spectacular encounter. 
The Episcopal priest and theologian Barbara Brown Taylor has said that she thinks that most folks are not going to get those spectacular temptations on the global scale. You're going to be able to feed the world, or you're, not, you're going to be able to have all power and glory and all authority. Most of us aren't, aren't having to deal with that. Most of us, she says, herself included, have what she calls the Adam and Eve temptations. It really doesn't take much more, she said, than an all-you-can-eat buffet and a tax refund to tempt us. We're pretty easy. And we are. We are. But there are other ways in which we are tempted as well. And I have to think that those temptations of glory and power and all the wonder that Satan offered to Jesus, sometimes, sometimes we can turn our heads. You know, if we were able to solve the problem of hunger in the world, wouldn't the world just be a better place? Or if we could demonstrate our faithfulness so that no one would ever doubt it, wouldn't that be a good thing? What if we could save the world somehow? But sometimes I, I wonder, sometimes, maybe, maybe it is in those grand temptations of feeding the hungry or saving the world or demonstrating our faithfulness that we can in fact get a little bit caught up in some problematic behaviors. We can focus so much on God's presence in the world and God's care for creation that we lose sight of what we need to attend to in our own hearts, in our own minds, in our own souls. Yesterday, Flint River Presbytery met. First Presbyterian Church of Columbus is a constituent part of that. There are 49 churches in our presbytery from Columbus over to Macon, down to Valdosta, back over to the Alabama, Florida, Georgia corner. Forty-nine of us are Presbyterian churches, and we gather in a meeting three times a year, the pastors and then elder representatives and other ministers and interested clergy people, are interested faithful leaders of the church. So Jones and I went there yesterday along with Elder Debbie King and Bill Arrington, and we went and we, we gather there to be nourished by God's Word, to learn things that we can share in the church, and to make plans for mission. That's what we did yesterday. The part of the presbytery that was focusing on worshiping and receiving God's Word, in that we had a worship service, and we received not simply one, but two sermons. You don't get two sermons today. You get just one. But there were two preachers. It so happened that they are a clergy couple, uh, Josh Bauer and Summer Bauer. Josh is the pastor of First Presbyterian Church of Albany, and Summer is the pastor of First Presbyterian Church in Americas. And they are new to this region. They moved here just last year. And so they had been asked to preach. But they said as they made preparations, they had two very different sermons, even though they are married, even though they are both Presbyterian ministers. They had two very, very different sermons, both about necessary words for us to hear in preparation for 
Easter in this season of Lent, but they took different texts. Summer took as her text some verses from the 139th Psalm. For it was you who formed my inward being, O Lord. You knit me apart in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works that I know well. Your eyes beheld my unformed substance. In your book were written all of the days that were formed for me when none as yet existed. It was a testimony to God's sovereignty, God's love, God's power, God's creative redemption of the world that even before time, God cared for us and God loved us. And even in this season of Lent, when we deal with difficult things, God is there for us. That was her message. Josh preached using some words from Jesus from Luke's gospel in the 14th chapter. Whoever comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, and yes, even life itself, cannot be my disciple. A very different kind of take, a very stark reminder. Josh said that there were cases where Christians actually lose their life. He talked a bit about Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a Lutheran pastor in Germany during Nazi, the period of Nazi Germany in the 1930s and 40s. Bonhoeffer became engaged with friends and colleagues who were so opposed to the Nazi government that they became part of a plan that tried to assassinate Adolf Hitler. The plan failed, and Bonhoeffer and many of his colleagues ended up in jail, in prison, concentration camp. And shortly before the end of World War II in May of 1945, Bonhoeffer was hung. He lost his life for that. Tough stuff, tough words. Both of these words are true. Both of these things are necessary for us to hear. There is a tension. It is not simply this way or that way. It is we are part of God's creation that has been made from the beginning of time and for which God loves us desperately. For God so loved the world that He sent His only Son into the world not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And at the same time, this is a world in which Jesus wandered into the wilderness and there was a test. There was difficulty. There was temptation. There was the possibility of some sort of failure. The last time I checked, no one in this room is like Jesus. So we can look to Him and be, give thanks that He succeeded in surviving those temptations. But sometimes, sometimes folks like you and me, we're not so good at that. We succumb to those temptations. We succumb to the Adam and Eve test, as Barbara Brown Taylor called it. There are things we do fear. I am a Star Wars junkie. I don't know if anybody else here is or not. Uh, from the very beginning, I hate to say this, I was there at the beginning when they, made, when they uh, 
released the first movie. So I've seen all six of the, of, of the sequences, and I have my opinions about that, which I will keep to myself. But last year before Christmas, my son and fiance, his fiance gave me uh, the six the, the six DVD Blu-ray edition so that I could watch them in preparation for the release of the new Star Wars movie. And I have seen that and I'm plan, planning on going back to see it as well. There's a great line in, in one of those movies in one of the episodes of The Empire Strikes Back where Luke Skywalker, who is a brash young farmhand and has tapped to being the one to confront the power of, of evil he is meeting with his master, his Jedi master, Yoda, who is trying to teach him the ways that he will need to confront evil in the world. And as he does that, Luke receives word from his friends that they are in need of him. They, they need him, and, and so Luke resolves to leave his training and to go forward. And he says, I will come back. He tells Yoda, I will come back. And then he says, I will not fail you. I won't be afraid. And the Jedi master, the, the scout master of that age says, you will be. I'm not afraid. You will be. I think the temptations of Jesus are like that. There's one way in which we can hear them and we can say, I'm not afraid of that stuff. But when we strip away our braggadociousness, when we strip away, strip away our bravado and our desire not to look bad, we need to admit that there are things in life that, yeah, they ought to scare us. They ought to remind us of our limitations, not to humiliate us, but to make us aware that we all have challenges out there. So how do we make our way forward with that kind of reality? What do we do about it? Sometimes in order to look forward, we need to be aware of what is behind us. I'm not talking about driving by looking in the rearview mirror of your car, that's, that's silly. Last week, Jay Coker, as he preached here, talked about the church that where he had spoken and, and someone had said, I, wanna, I want someone to take us forward so we can be just like we used to be. You laugh, you get it. We do need to know where we came from so we can know where we are going. And the scripture from Deuteronomy helped remind us of that. The children of Israel had wandered in Egypt. They had gone there because they needed safety and security. And they had stayed there so long that the Pharaoh arose who did not know them. They became enslaved to their own safety and security. But they cried out to God, and God, with a mighty hand, led them out to a new plan, the place of the land of milk and honey. They cried out to God, and God heard. The season of Lent is like that for us. It is us crying out to God, and it is following Jesus along the ways. There are many times in life where we are tested. 
There are many times in life when individually, as a congregation, as a world, we are tested. But our faith, our faith in God through Jesus Christ is a way of us to live through that test. It is a way for us to live through that tribulation. So we find our way in the wilderness. There is a test. There is a test. Let us take it with the hope and the certainty that God's love, even amidst all of these challenges of life, can be met by God's promise and God's hope in Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. Amen.